0: Hey, good morning, Gasoholics. I'm Hot Rod Bomb, and you've got gas, the morning edition. Now, how many times have you looked in your rearview mirror and seen red lights or flashing red and blue lights? Or, well, that black and white ominous vehicle in your rearview mirror, and he's looking at you. Cop cars, something that have been around since the early 1900s. And we'll give you a little bit of a history about that. And I want to thank my friend Ken Lotka from the TMPCC, the Television Motion Picture Car Club, for coming up with this topic today. The history of cop cars. We all see them. We kind of take them for granted. In most cases, they're black and white. But in some places, like Canada, they're taxi cab yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, believe it or else, that's it. So you got to watch these things, because sometimes you don't know what color the cop car is. The wife and I were out for a drive yesterday, and we saw some plain wrapper cars. Now, plain wrapper is kind of a, you know, slogan or a a slang given during the old days on the C B S when you were traveling down the road, and there was a plain white or an unmarked police car. It's a plain wrapped car. Well, we saw CHP cars, our California Highway Patrol, because we're in California. Hi, Ron Olson. How are you doing this morning? Um, plain white, Dodge Chargers, no colors. You had to see it from the door. And there were blue, and they were beige, and uh, they're all over the place. But in the 1920s to 1940s, there was significant government expansion. And with that government expansion, and the fact that, uh, well, criminals started to expand their business operations, police cars became more fashionable. Now, when things started out, cops were on a beat. They walked. They didn't drive a vehicle. Some had motorcycles. But later on, they moved over to cars because, well, the criminals had cars and they were driving faster than the average policeman could run. Imagine that. So police cars started being used. It was also something that made it quicker to respond when there was a problem someplace, whether it was a break-in, a fire, or something that needed police assistance. So the car became a way of getting from point A to point B or getting to where the problems were when they happened. So police cars started becoming more and more popular beginning in the 1920s. They started expanding and using more. Now, the evolution of the police car has, well, has continued to change. Yet, they started out with, in the 1920s, with Model T Fords. It was cheap. They were reasonably reliable, and they got you from point A to point B, which is what they basically wanted. Now, Police vehicles have changed over the years, and I've seen a lot of different ones in my lifetime, usually in the rearview mirror, but some of the cars that the experts are telling us we had back in the day, and frankly, I don't remember seeing some of these, but the 55 Chevrolet was a popular car in the mid-50s for policemen because the V8 engine, they were somewhat stylish, they were comfortable, they rode well. And they could catch the bad guys because, really, there weren't that many higher-performance vehicles on the road. Oldsmobiles, some Buicks, but the Chevy did the, the job. So, in 1955, many police departments went to the 55 Chevy. They Actually, the Tri-5, 55 through 57. But the Fords were also there as well because Fords had bigger motors. Chevy had a 265 in 55 to a 283 in 57. Fords had the 272s, 292s, and 312s. The Ford Fairlane was an inexpensive vehicle, and it competed very well price-wise with the Chevrolet at the time. After all, those are your two price leaders. Well, it was a natural to make them into police cars, and the Ford Fairlanes and the Chevy Belairs and 210s and 150s became very popular among police forces. But here in California, where I basically grew up most of my life. Mopars were the rule. Plymouths, Dodges, pursuit vehicles. Now, I can even remember 1965 seeing an Oldsmobile police car, or actually a highway patrol car, that had a roll cage and bucket seats. It was a four-door Olds 88, but it was a pursuit car and you saw them back up on the highway in the late 1970s early 1980s chp or the california highway patrol decided to try something a little bit different and they did mustangs they put a couple of camaros in the mix but the mustang was the most popular it was the lx notchback it was light in weight great power five-speed transmissions and what they found is the officers had too much fun driving these cars and they crashed them on a regular basis. Now, one of the things they did, and I was uh, calling on one of the police garages back in the day, they took the rear sway bars off the Mustangs. They found that the officers were going into corners a lot faster than they really needed to or could, and they'd spin out. By taking the rear sway bar off, they plowed a little bit more, and, you know, they didn't spin out quite as much. Hello, guys. Oh, we've seen a lot of comments this morning. Uh, uh-oh, what happened here? Let's go back here. All right, there we go. Nope, oh, there we go again. All right, getting some comments here. Neil Panks from Great Britain. I'm not going to spoil my wife's birthday. For those of you who are following me, and you know, today is Peggy's birthday. Yes, on the Christmas solstice or the... Winter solstice, it's Peggy, the shortest day of the year, and she rushed out to be born on that day. Screwed up Christmas for the family. No, actually, she was. The, they wrapped her, put her under the tree, and, and well, never mind. That's another story altogether. All right, so the Mopars were pretty popular here in California. If you watch the TV show Adam-12, you remember that? You're old enough. What are they driving? They're driving Mopars until AMC got into the game with the Matador. The Matador with its 401 cubic inch big block engine, less expensive than the Mopars, powerful, but not quite as reliable. They went back to the Mopars. Now, if you're old enough, you can remember the TV show Highway Patrol, Broadwick Crawford. What did they drive? Oldsmobiles. And they had two doors. They didn't have four doors. Why? Well, they weren't expected really to take people and carry them back to jail. If they did, they'd call a supervisor. They'd come up with a four-door. But the reality was Highway Patrol was primarily for pursuit. They had highways. They drove at higher speeds. They needed something that had more power, and the Oldsmobile fit the bill back in the late 1950s. They used the Olds. They used the Buicks back then. Those were the cars of choice for the California Highway Patrol. Now, Mopar didn't sit back and watch this happening. They got aggressive. The Plymouths and the Dodges became very well-known among the police departments as cars they couldn't really kill. These were solid, good-running performance vehicles. I had a friend that bought used police cars at the police auctions when they'd get rid of them and make them into, well, sleeper drag cars because they had big motors. 413, 440 Chrysler motors in lightweight base model Plymouths and Dodge bodies. They became real popular. The Plymouth Fury was another one that a lot of municipalities used, not because it was light in weight, but it was stable. It was strong. It got the big motors as well, and it was a good all-around police car. Now, for a while, the Chevy Caprice made its debut as a police car. Now, Chevrolet had not really pursued Hmm. the police market, and Ford and Chrysler really got into it heavily. Now, GM tried, but they really didn't have the stuff that Ford and Chrysler had. The reliability, pretty close, but for some reason, the police departments gravitated more towards the Chryslers and the Fords. So the Chevy did make a bit of a run at it, but didn't last very long. The Mustangs were used not only by California Highway Patrol, but by other municipalities and cities and states. The Michigan Highway Patrol, Pennsylvania Highway Patrol, they all used them. In the 70s, they started to downsize after the fuel crisis. They went to NOVA's. They tried that. I know the Sheriff's Department here in Southern California used the NOVA for quite some time, but they're not pursuit vehicles. They're not really... Cars that needed to be fast, although 350 cubic inch motors in the lightweight Nova bodies did quite well, and they used them for quite some time until the Nova went away. A lot of companies or police departments wanted a heavy, more stable vehicle, and the Dodge Monacos, the Dodge Diplomats, and the Plymouths were the choice. Today, well, a lot of the the police departments have gone to the Dodge Charger. Now, the Dodge Charger is a very stable capable handling vehicle. But in many cases, and like with the California Highway Patrol, they're using the V6 model. And what they've learned is you don't need to have the faster car. Because although the criminal may be faster than your Ford Crown Vic, it may be faster than your Chevrolet, it may be faster than your Dodge Charger, it is never faster than your Motorola. Think about that for a bit. So they've gotten away from the high-speed pursuits. They found that if they drive at high speeds, the criminals drive at a higher speed or try to. And therein lies the problem. You have traffic collisions and such. So by backing off, the criminal no longer has to drive faster. And in most cases, we know they run out of driving talent long before they run out of power in a car. Some of the uh, departments have tried the SVT Ford Rapture truck, and mostly this is good for off-road uses in areas like Arizona and Utah and so forth, where there's a lot of off-road area they need to patrol. And so it's not necessarily your local police municipality, but it's like the Border Patrols or the Forestry Department or places like that that need the four-wheel drive off-road capability. Now, some of the cars that have become very popular... And that's because they stayed in production probably longer. Were the Ford Crown Victorias. Why the Crown Vic? Well, it was pretty indestructible. It was a solid machine, it ran very good. It was the last of the domestically built four door rear wheel drive vehicles. Why rear wheel drive? Well, their handling's more predictable, they're less expensive to upkeep and maintain than a front wheel drive vehicle. Their suspensions are stouter and stronger. They take more abuse. They're able to take the abuse. They're pretty stable, good handling vehicles, and they were relatively inexpensive for the time. Now, Ford made the mistake of dropping out of the rear-wheel drive market and canceling the Crown Vic. GM did the same thing with the Caprice and the Impalas. They got out of it. Chrysler did as well. No one wanted a K-Car police car. Trust me, it didn't work. But what they've done now is the police have gone to alternate vehicles. And one of the alternate vehicles they've gone to is, believe it or else, the Tesla. Now, one of the uh, police departments in Indiana, in Bargsville, Indiana, has started to check what the electric vehicle benefits are going to be. Yes, and we know that it's coming. We know they're forcing electric vehicles on us. Whether you like it or not, you will be driving an electric vehicle within the next, well, 10 to 15 years. Good chance of it. My wife says she's not giving up her gasoline vehicles. As a matter of fact, she will pay to keep it rebuilt and running as long as she can. But here's a situation. Bargsville, Indiana, took a Tesla Model 3, and that's their small entry-level car. Their entry-level car sells for around $41,900. Now, that's the base vehicle. That is not the vehicle with all the necessary equipment a police car runs. You've got to add the lights. Hmm, that's going to take battery power. You've got to add the heavier suspensions. Well, maybe, maybe not. Borgsville, Indiana really doesn't have that much rough roads to travel on. But they just looked at the cost of operation. All right, so let's forget about what you have to do to upgrade a Tesla. They didn't take that into consideration. All they did was they listed the base buying price of that Tesla, which was forty-one million. They compared it to the Dodge Charger. This is police-ready Dodge Charger, not a base Charger. 33000 The difference, $8,300 between the current Tesla Model 3 and a police version Dodge Charger. So this is misleading, although they are telling you the electric vehicle is the way to go and they've saved money. What they've saved money on, the difference between charging the car And gasoline. The gasoline costs for the Dodge Charger averaged around $450, and this was in a month. So you know they're not driving very far, guys. $450. I spend $450 a month, and I only work one day a week most times. And I'm driving into, at Irwindale Speedway Drag Strip. So I've got a two hundred mile drive round trip, roughly two hundred fifty, plus my little trips in and out of here and there and during the week. So I'm spending four fifty to five hundred dollars a month on fuel. The police car, Dodge Charger. Now the V six Dodge Charger does get reasonable good mileage. I was getting almost thirty miles per gallon on one I rented back uh, last year. So. Chances are they're getting 20 maybe around town. But they're spending, they're saying $450 to $500 a month average on fuel costs. Now, when you look at oil changes and regular maintenance, the actual cost to run the Dodge for the year was $7,580. Okay, that's not too bad when you think about it. But now they took the Tesla Model 3. It averaged $57 a month to recharge the battery. Hmm. Actually averaged a little more than that, closer to $60 a month. But there were slow months and there were busy months and it it all averages out. So roughly $66. There are no oil changes. There's no servicing. Now, there is maintenance they didn't list, brakes and so forth. They have not come into play yet. But what they're looking at is an average savings in the neighborhood of $1,000 a year per vehicle. That's not significant. That's that's $1,000. How many police cars do you have? So that's something to look at. But what they're saying is the savings in one year make up the difference between the cost of the Dodge versus the cost of The Tesla, well, uh, they've missed something because they forgot the average use. And what's the resale value going to be? Tesla resale value is going to be pretty high. They're going to recoup more of the value of the vehicle at the end of its life. So they're saying it's the wave of the future. They don't do many pursuits. And again, you got to, why chase them? When your Motorola can catch them right away. So you can radio ahead and you can do blockades and so forth. You can stop the cop and the cop can stop you and so forth. But this is what they're saying. I'm finding a bunch of holes in this because it's an electric vehicle. It's got to be charged more frequently. Yes, they're driving just a little bit. I mean, if they drive 200 miles in a day, they've driven a whole lot. But everything takes electricity when you're operating the vehicle. The lights, the radios, it all takes electricity. The computer, the onboard computer. Have you seen a cop car lately? They've got onboard computers. They can check your driver's license and everything else about you and the car you're driving right from the dashboard. Tesla's got to be able to do that, too. It's got to be powered by something. How are they doing that? I'm not sure. This is the numbers they're giving. We'll have to see how it works out. But when you look at cop cars... There are an amazing array of police cars that have come out there that are popular and have been used and are in demand. Collectors like cop cars. Got a friend, Noel Salvatore. He's trying to find an old Crown Vic right now for a daily driver. His brother's got one. It's a great machine. Now, one of the things I looked at, too, is who's driving what? Well, did you know that? Well, here's some fun facts. And I'll get into some other information in just a little bit. Police officers used motorcycles before they used cars. They were cheaper. They were easier. They didn't think about pursuits, and the motorcycle was pretty agile at the time. Police cars cars became more popular because the criminals started using them. North American police cars were once always painted black and white. That changed. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I told you this earlier... They painted their cop cars taxicab yellow. Taxicab yellow. Now, can you imagine someone from out of Canada going into Alberta and trying to flag down a taxi, and they get a cop car instead? Er, that could be a rude awakening, especially when you get in the car and you can't get out because the doors don't open from the inside and the rear. All right. Azusa, California Police Department was the first ones to use a Camaro. Interesting. Belchertown Police Department in Massachusetts uses a double-deck bus as its police car. They must have a lot of criminals. they got to stack them. I don't know. The police department in Southampton, New Hampshire, once used an Audi 4000. The (laughs) snobs. Tulsa Police Department, Oklahoma, owns a Cadillac Escalade. And on the back it reads, this used to be a drug dealer's car. Now it's ours. Hmm. In the late 1980s through the 90s, Pittsburgh Police Department in Pennsylvania had one of the weirdest police fleets in North America with the utilization of various General Motors vehicles not usually meant for police work. And General Motors got back into the police chase with a rear-wheel drive car when Ford dropped the Crown Vic, bringing in the Australian Holden. There was a police version and a civilian version. The civilian version was called the SS, the police version was called the Caprice. It's a shorter wheelbase, shorter vehicle, and it was the Holden Commodore, but the base model Commodore. V8 engines, plenty of power, independent for front and rear suspension, excellent handling vehicle. Chevrolet and their in, or General Motors and their infinite wisdom dropped the whole Holden manufacturing facility in. Australia. They no longer manufacture cars. So that dropped that out of there. But police cars over time, well, they've been great. You've seen a lot of them. Great Britain, the Morris Minor 1000 was a police vehicle. Narrow streets, they really didn't get into chases. Morris Minor, 948 cc's worth of power. Ooh, 36 horsepower. Downhill with a swift wind. You can hit 0 to 60 in an hour and a half. Plymouths. Pretty solid vehicles, even used back into the 40s. Pennsylvania and Detroit used what I thought was kind of interesting, and I saw this when I was traveling. Chevy, Biscayne's, or Bel Air, two-door sedans with big blocks. Man, talk about sleeper vehicles. Now, they sold this combination as a civilian vehicle as well, and I had a few friends back in the 60s that bought these. They were great sleeper vehicles and fun at the drag strip. Four-speed transmission, big block engine, stripped down full-size Bel Air. Mmm, baby! They were great. Ford with flathead V8s, because they were some of the most powerful, inexpensive cars around for the time. Dodges. The, in the uh, Automobile Club of Southern California has restored... An old Dodge Polara 1961, big block motor, needs race fuel just about, with its 12 to 1 compression ratio. This was a pursuit car. It's an old CHP car. They've got the history of it. Ford Fairlanes, Ford Galaxies, Plymouths, Chevrolets. You know what? If you could put a light on the roof, it could be a cop car. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas. The morning edition and we're not copping out. We're talking about police cars today. You have a great day. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas. Brought to you by Service Tech Equipment. Service Tech. With all your service equipment needs, contact them today. Craig Heidenthal in Simi Valley, California. And you can check him out and find him on Facebook. Service Tech Equipment. Have a great day.